Hi there, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, Everyone Has a Story. It's the podcast that goes hand in hand with our two quarterly lifestyle magazines. In Noosa Magazine and Hello Sunshine Magazine, the spring editions are on the streets of the Sunshine Coast right now. And if you'd like your business or your brand to be part of our big bumper summer issues of In Noosa and Hello Sunshine, then reach out to our customer service team. You'll find us all over the socials, especially on Facebook and on Instagram. Look for Hello Sunshine and or In Noosa Magazine. Okay, on with today's episode of our podcast. Like many of us, settling on a career in our teens or even early 20s can be elusive. Today's guest didn't know what she wanted to do with her life when she was a lot younger. From underwater archaeological sites in the Aegean Sea to outrunning pirates in the Red Sea, she's managed to combine all her loves, travel, shopping and homewares. Everyone has a story and today I'd like you to meet Sally Alton. Um, well, I'm actually a country girl. I grew up in Dubbo, and um, when I was in my 20s, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my life. So I wandered from job to job, and I fell in love with cooking, and I decided that I wanted to open up a cafe in Sydney. And um, after travelling in the UK, I, I discovered this wonderful shop called Books for Cooks. And when you walk into the shop, you can smell the cooking, yeah. they're cooking recipes from these beautiful books. And I thought, oh, I could do that in Sydney, but I needed to learn to cook. So I went and did a cooking course at um, a, a school called um, uh, Cookie, Cookery at the Grange in Froome near Bath. And um, a job came through there cooking for some German sailors at the Admiral's Cup <laughs> in Cowes um, of the Isle of Wight. And um, I landed that job on the phone and um, and that's where I ended up. Um, yeah. cooking for 17 German sailors for 14 days. Um, and that's where the love came from. I discovered um, sailors actually got paid to um, sail around the world. And yeah. I thought, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. Um, and I wanted a piece of that. So um, that's where it started from. Yeah, I knew you were were a chef uh, uh, on on boats and vessels all over the world, and we'll de- delve into that a little bit more. I'm always interested uh, in, in in people's careers when they come to or they find a passion later in life. Because I've got a 14 year old at the moment, and we, we were kind of I don't know if you have kids, but you don't stress, but you think about oh, you know, what's their passion? And then if you take a breath for a minute, you think it's way too young at this point to, to, to work out. So I, I love it when, when I hear stories of I was 20, early 20, still didn't know what I wanted to do. So you fell into this cooking thing, but you weren't really passionate about cooking at home when you grew up there in Dubbo. Am I correct? That's right. I actually didn't like food. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't like food? <laughs> and I like... discovered food when I was 20, about 23. Yeah. And, um, and when I told my mum that I wanted to go and learn to cook, she said, but you don't like food. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was a it was a lovely a lovely discovery to discover. You know, when I was traveling, all this wonderful food and how different it tasted from, you yeah. know, the food that we had here when I was growing up. Yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah, and that's when I discovered. Well, I actually enjoy cooking. Yeah. And um. Yeah. And then um. And when I landed this job cooking for sailors, I just couldn't <laughs> believe that there was this world that people could. Yeah. Get paid for sailing, and um, 
And so I thought, oh, yeah, I could cook on, on boats and well, well, love travelling. Tell me mm. about that first job. So all G- German, well, what was the, the, the parameters around that? Were they, uh, was it a sporting endeavour? Was it, what, what were, was that, yeah, that so all Yeah, so they were all professional sailors um, and they sailed around the world racing in regattas and they got paid to do it. Um, and it wasn't until about day five or six, I was sitting in the lounge room of the house that we were staying in and they were all out sailing and there were a couple of magazines and I started reading a sailing magazine and the person I was actually cooking for was, there was an article about him in the magazine and he was quite famous in the sailing world. So the Admiral's Cup was a bit like the Admiral, the America's Cup, but it was based in England. Um, so lots of different boats from all around the world would come to the Admiral's Cup to race against one another. And um, yeah, so that's where um, um, I discovered that you know, that there was this whole different world of um, that I could do travel as well as cooking. Yeah, combine the two. Well, isn't that always the way as well? I, I Again, you know, I can only relate it back to when you have kids and your your dreams and ambitions for them. I always think travel is a great educator. So to do that at such a, a, you know, in your early 20s and see the world. Tell me more about that travel. Did it end, did it progress from there? And did you get to see other parts of the world and change and work for other sailors and vessels? And what happened yeah. after, after that, Sally? I sure did. I came home and I went up to the Whit Sundays because I thought I needed to um, learn to sail. So I, I managed to get a job on a small sailing boat, a 51-foot Beneteau. And um, and that that was a charter job. So people would come on board for a certain amount of days. How many? How much they paid for the boat? And I would cook for them while we were sailing around the Whit Sundays. And that was my introduction, really, to yeah. living and working on board a yacht. And then from there, I got offered a job in um, on a big white boat in Turkey as a cook. Um, a white boat is a motorboat, and um, so I flew to Turkey and worked with um, a couple of other women on board and a male skipper. And we sailed around um, Turkey and Greece. And the owner of that um, boat was a lady who um, invested a lot of money into underwater archaeology. So we ended up going to a site where a 2,000-year-old shipwreck was being brought up from under under the water 30 metres deep, and that was really quite fascinating. And so that was a whole new world of um, learning about, um, you know, shipwrecks and wow. all these um, artefacts that were being brought up. It was really fascinating. What a great and from adventure. There, yeah, sorry? I said, what a great adventure. Oh, it was. It was incredible. And I learned so much along the way. Um, and then that job ended. It was just a seasonal job. So I flew to Palma, Mallorca, and I heard that's where you could go and find a job on another boat, yeah. just walk into a bar, and that's what I did. I walked into a bar and started speaking to a few skippers. And um, somebody offered me a job to do a delivery from Parma, Mallorca, across the Red, the Med, down the Red Sea, um, to the Maldives. And so I oh managed to jump on that boat, and um, that was pretty an exciting adventure. We um, went through the Suez Canal. We got chased by pirates down the Red Sea. Yeah, well, no, I, you know, we're covering a lot of territory here. I mean, no sailing adventure <laughs> is complete without a, a story about pirates. But just <laughs> just stepping back a little bit, you say doing a delivery. I know my, my brother-in-law is into delivering yachts and boats. So had you progressed from from cooking to actually then kind of skippering a, a vessel? Is that what you're telling me, Sally? No, I was just, I was delivery crew. So I was helping right. take the boat from A to B. You're right. So I was cooking for the crew, yeah. and, but also 
um, up on watch. So yeah. delivery crew is without any guest on board. Okay. And so the the owner or the guest would fly to the next destination and get Underst- on board there. Yeah, I understand. But, I, but delivery crew would have to get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what yeah. my brother-in-law gets involved with as well. He, uh, for example, takes Dick Smith's boat out to wherever he wants to go and then Dick just helicopters it in later on. So yeah, um, that's it. Uh, let's get back to the pirates. Like I said, no, no story is complete. Uh, if you're talking about people that, that have adventure on the high seas, unless there's a, a pirate story involved. Exactly where were you uh, off which particular continent so, at, at this point? Was it Africa or? Yeah, we were down um, towards the bottom of the Red Sea, um, so off Ethiopia. Yeah. Um, we were we were motoring and um, we'll probably be doing about 10, 12 knots and then two long boats that came up two long wooden boats and we came up behind us they were quite off in a distance and um they started to chase us and we could see that they had guns as well um so um the skipper just you know floored the boat as fast as we could go and um we uh fortunately for us one of the boats stopped so the other one stopped as well and turned around to go and meet up with the other one so we think maybe the engine broke down or something like that right so that was very fortunate for us well we have no idea what would have happened um but we think the idea is that they would overtake the boat yeah and then throw a line from one like a rope from one boat to the other and then drag it on to stop the propeller if they weren't shooting at us or gets so wow how are we how old were you at this stage and, and what were you thinking i was 29 yeah um um, the look on the skipper's face said it all, and I thought, oh my, yeah, we're in. It's a bit. It was a, ah, uh, um, you know, a frightening experience. Yeah. But I also was a little bit naive as well, so I really, you know, I thought, oh, we'll be fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was quite a scary experience. Um, I would have hoped that if I jumped on board that particular vessel with that skipper, that he, he had a plan B in place, uh, just in case, yeah. knowing that, well, that, I... <laughs> that kind of stuff happens in, in those particular waters. And it sounded like, you know, outrunning the other, the, the, the other boats, the pirate boats, were, were, was the option. Yeah. So, I mean, I was told to go and hide down in the bottom of the laundry cupboard, basically. Right. If they did come on board, yeah, right. stay out of sight. So, and um, did, did that deter you, Sally, from from going yeah, out again? Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Did yeah. you did I you mean, wrap up the, your kind of career on the water after that, or did you continue on a little oh, bit? Oh no, no, that was only year two. So I was on boats for ten years. Right. Mm, you, you just so. never sailed in that geographic part of the world again, or is what what was your uh, what was your what were your plans following that? Well, incident? Um, once that was um, finished, I um, I thought I would head back to Palm. Palma, Mallorca, but I decided um, to go to Thailand and learn to cook some Thai food. And um, I did that for a couple of weeks. And then I got a phone call from another skipper saying, I hear that you're looking for a job and um, will you come and join a race boat in Norway? So I flew up to Norway and um, I started a three-year career working on a 105-foot carbon fibre race boat. Wow. And and that was pretty exciting. So we would go travelling. We would go from Norway, from the boss's home, down to saint Pay where he had another home, and we would um, spend um, six to eight weeks a year at saint Pay, and then the other time up in Norway. And in between that, we would do regattas. Yeah. Uh, and then he would bring on um, all his sailors. So it was a bit like the German time, the German sailors. Yeah. Um, so I would have 26 sailors on board to cook for during the regatta. Yeah. 
Yeah. When you've, um, when you've lived that kind of life for most of your 20s and then maybe into your early 30s, uh, is it hard to get that out of your system? I mean, I imagine that you still travel a lot these days, but is, is it like part one and part two of your life or part, how, how do you, how do you kind of, uh, you know, move on from such, you'd be the most interesting person at a party, I'm guessing, Sally. <laughs> Got a few stories, that's for sure. Yeah. So do you still travel a lot is, is what I'm, I'm asking. Do you yes. still have that bug, I suppose, that adventurous Definitely. Bug? Yeah. I don't think it ever leaves. Yeah. Um, you know, when I did finally come home several years later, it was very hard to um, stay still. But fortunately, my husband, he loves travel too, and he travels for his work as well. So I now travel to Indonesia, in Indonesia for three or four times a year, sourcing yeah. from, for coastal vintage. And... Um, so and ship you know three to four containers home every year so i always get my little travel fix there but we travel around australia with our kids as well yeah. we often go on holidays we really enjoy that and boating together what what yeah. for for a country i'm a country boy i grew up in bundaberg for a country girl from dubbo what has yes. what have all these adventures and all these amazing locations around the world and amazing things as well to be part of that that boat that was um uh, exploring like archaeo archaeological sites what yeah. is that what have you learnt from all those years? What what has that told you about life and living life? Um, oh, there's so many more adventures to, to have. You know, there's so much more to explore. I mean, there's so many interesting parts about the world. History is so fascinating. Um, I didn't really do history at school and jumping on board these boats and learning about the histories in each location that we went to was always so fascinating how the other people live it's um I, I i really enjoy that yeah um yeah and particularly when i i'm sourcing for products i really enjoy finding out the history of those products and where they came from that's what excites me yeah. you know somebody had that clamshell in their garden it was in the family for a hundred years and yeah. then i got the opportunity to buy it and sell it to somebody else to enjoy um you know that all that all inter intertwines with travel and yeah, you know that love of old products, and you know that's what I really enjoy. And a big imagination as well. I love travelling to Europe. My heritage is Italian. When I, when I go to Italy and I look at you know cobblestone uh, pavements or walls or features like you're talking about a, a, a shell or something like that, my mind does stop as well and think about where has that been? Who's walked on these streets? Who's touched this wall? Who's that? That's a, a really uh, I don't know if everybody. Uh, thinks about things like that in terms of history and buildings and objects yep yeah yeah but i i i'm very much like that yeah and you know i'm, I'm curious so who who is this plaque up on the wall who's this statue yeah. and learning about the history of that um yeah and, i love it and it's great like your your do your kids uh have the travel bug like what what is that instilled in them uh to see you know the world is a big place i, I have you know nieces and nephews who haven't moved out of kind of small regional towns. And I think um, sometimes, I, I mean, it's not my place, but I say, you know, you should travel, you should see the world. And they're very, very kind of blinkered and narrow in their, in their thinking. And then I hear, you know, talk to you, Sally, and you, the stories of, of the world. What, what, what lessons uh, and conversations do you have with your kids in terms of reflecting on your career and what do you pass on to them? Um, I often tell them the stories, particularly the sailing stories. Um, my eldest daughter, Em, just did a drama, um, like a skit, on my uh, experience of being chased by the pirates. <laughs> yeah. Quite funny. Um, yeah, she's quite fascinated because she's studying history at school at the moment too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think um, I think they they all have the trouble bag, the travel bug. Yeah. Uh, simply because Mark and I both enjoy traveling, um, and taking them to different places, they get really excited. They can't wait to go to Japan and France. That's their that's on their list of yeah. things to do because they're learning uh, French and Italian at school, and they love um, the Japanese culture as well. Yes, that is my so, kid. A massive fascination with, uh, is it anime and, or manga and all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess the, the other uh, question that people probably ask you around a barbecue or a social occasion, when you tell them you've been on boats, not only is it a pirate story, but it's, have you worked for anyone famous is probably the other question, Sally. Um, uh, yes, but I can't tell. Um, <laughs> What's, um, what happens on the boat stays on the okay. boat is our motto. Fair enough. Um, why, why don't you tease us with uh, <laughs> musician, actor, uh, uh, mining magnate? What 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 in sector um, or industry? Uh, well, I um, I cooked for a prince once, but I didn't know he was a prince until about the fourth fifth day. Until okay. the other uh, until the other um, guest told me. All right. Said, Let- oh, do you know who he is? <laughs> um, and he was Prince George Furstenberg. Of Austria, right. he was a lovely chap. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was up in the Whit Sundays on the little fifty-one foot Beneteau boat. Yeah, right. You know, it wasn't anything glamorous. It was a beautiful, lovely um, boat. Um, and my very last job overseas was in the Caribbean, and it was on a hundred and twenty foot sailboat. It was um, about a twenty-five million dollar yacht. It was a stunning boat. Um, and the owner of that one was um, Ron Joyce, and he was the man that set up three and a half thousand donut stores in Canada, Tim Horton's um, stores. So, and he would invite some quite interesting people on board. Like we had the governor of Nova Scotia on board and a few of other, his, of his friends yeah. that were, um, you know, that you knew who, who were a little bit who were, um, well known in the media, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess um, uh, the life that you'd led up to that point, you know, with all these adventures traveling around the world, and you touched on it earlier, um, it, it kind of brought out a fascination for, uh, you know, that coastal lifestyle, delving into the history of objects and things. Can you d- d- elaborate a little bit more on, on how you ended up with the business that you run now? And of, of course, the travel part of that sounds exciting, traveling all over, sourcing uh, yeah. the furniture and the bits and pieces you, you, you get for coastal vintage. But that kind of dovetails into each other, doesn't it, from, from the adventures on the high seas to, to working in the current business that, that, that you have. Yeah, definitely. Um, when I came home, I wanted to do something a bit, um, uh, you know, that wasn't in the opulent world of, you know, because you were exposed to so much money and um, wastage as well in the, the yachting industry and how many people spend money. Um, I wanted to do something that um, helped people. So I ended up doing a fair trade business for three years. I set up that. But it wasn't really my passion. It was um, it was toys for the um, educational industry. So I ended up selling that. And um, I had Emily and Sophie within 18 months. And, um, and then about six months later, we moved to Noosa from Brisbane. And I said to Mark, I really want to have a coastal homeware store. But there's lots of people doing coastal homewares. But I wanted something different. And I just came on, you know, I just had this moment when I thought, nobody's doing vintage in this coastal style. Um, and my nana bought and sold antiques in the UK and my uncle did as well. And uh, that's when I decided, well, that's what I'd do, coastal vintage, do something with a bit of a point of difference. And I just, um, I started with $4,000 in the garage of my 
um, at home yeah. with the girls. They were eight, 18 months and six months old. And, um, and within 18 months, I'd moved into a warehouse in Gateway Drive in Nooseville. And um, and it grew from there. We only opened two days a week when the girls at daycare. I just wanted to take it slow because I wanted to enjoy my time with the girls. Um, and then from there, it grew to five days and then one staff member. And now we have eight staff, a team of eight. Wow. And we opened up a wholesale 18 months ago as well. So we're selling to retail stores as well. Talk about the pieces that you source um, because the, the name Vintage is in the, your brand. Is it a yep. case of, of uh, you source pieces that still need like tidy up when they get back, like polished paint what, whatever, or, or are they completed pieces when you source them from overseas, Sally? Not all the time. Um, so, I mean, I source locally as well. That's where I started was sourcing locally. So a lot of old fishing gear and glass floats and... Um, uh, and then um, I decided to design my own paddle range. Nobody was doing anything, painting paddles and oars. Yeah, right. So I um, started um, painting old oars and paddles, yeah, uh, bit stripes and chevrons and all sorts of designs and also old life rings because having it, I thought to make it attractive that you can hang a, a lovely life ring rather than have orange. Yeah. It doesn't suit everybody's <laughs> coastal aesthetic. Paint them blue and white or you know, um, all different coastal colours, different shades of blue. Yeah. So that's how I started doing it. And now I have somebody who does it all for me, who does all the painting. Yeah, but I, right, I, right. I started right from the beginning. I did everything myself. I cleaned everything, yeah. um, tidied it, fixed everything that needed to be fixed. But most of the time I try and get things that are, uh, um, that doesn't need any fixing at all. Yeah, is that mode? Yeah. Is 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 that is that Hampton style? Is that how you would describe it, or is it different to that? Um, look, we try and we we cover all sorts of coastal aesthetics. So Hampton, fishing lux, um, uh, all sorts of styles of coastal style, not just the one um, yeah. part of it. Yeah. I want to go back um, because it, it's it's something that that I think about a lot, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast um, with with my son, and 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 you're someone that's that's lived that life. If you could uh, talk to you know, your 10-year-old or 12-year-old self, uh, what would you say to her? Um, I would say um, don't worry about it in your 20s because you'll get there and find what you, you're looking for. Um, and, um, yeah, live each day as it is Yeah, and enjoy it. So even in even in your twenties, you weren't absolutely clear in terms of a a, a path that you you wanted to kind of no. follow. Look, I didn't fall into yachting until I was twenty seven. Yeah, true. I was wandering around the planet, wondering where what what am I meant to be doing with my life? Yeah. I went from studying agriculture at university and then working in different offices, traveling around the world, yeah. in Australia, and then yeah, when I started cooking that was the that's when I discovered a passion and was it was there a lot of pressure from your your parents uh, no to, not at all what what to no. to do the agricultural studies out of, out of Dubbo no, when you were younger? It's, well it's just because the family was involved in agriculture my dad was a, a tractor yeah. man yeah. he used to he um, ran a tractor company um, my mum had a school uniform shop yeah and um yeah uh sorry helicopters going over that's okay um, so they were, 
they were fine in terms of letting you find your own way. Yes, they were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was no pressure. They just wanted me to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good way of, of approaching these things, isn't it? Without putting yeah. a lot of pressure on the kids. And I guess that flows onto your kids as well. You, you wouldn't, you know, even if they're unsettled or they don't have a passion at, at, in late teen years or early 20s, it's for, to have someone that's lived that, that experience as well to go, it's okay. You know, as long as you're happy, the things will come, things will present themselves to you down the track. Yeah. Uh, my, my only encouragement is go and travel, see the world and see what, see what you like and yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Um, because things will, your passion will come along if, if you haven't found it yet. Yeah. Uh, would you yeah, describe just keep an eye for mind. Yeah. Would you describe yourself as a risk taker? Um, no, risk yeah, of course, you know. Yeah. Owning a business is a risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, travelling around the world, definitely. definitely yeah. Definitely a risk taker. What, um, con what considerations do you put in place? Do you always have a plan B or, or no, or just go for it? Um... I'm a goal setter, so okay. if I, I like to have a list of goals and I like to go out and and achieve those goals. So to achieve goals, you've got to have you've got to take risk, yeah. or you just don't achieve anything. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you think is really important about your life, your career, and and, and what you do, Sally? Well, um, I'm about I've just launched bespoke tours to Bali, so I'm going to be taking some people over um, who would love to come shopping with me. Right. And um, I'm going to be taking different business owners as well as people who love interiors, interior stylists and um, who want to source different types of products in Bali and show them where I love to go and take them to my favourite spa and the best restaurants. <laughs> and um, so that's that's my next step. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Um, so I'm, I've started doing – I've got two tours already booked wow. in September and October. Yeah. And then we will be um, – I'll be opening um, bookings for May and September next year, uh, in November this year. Sally Alton from Coastal Vintage. Sally was my guest on today's episode of our podcast, Everyone Has a Story. And uh, if you like the episode and you think there's something in there that uh, is relatable to someone you know, a family member or a friend, please feel free to share the episode about on your social media network. Until next time, take care.